You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. Soul Searching is a journey where I engage with an array of thinkers, from faith leaders to academics to artists, to explore deep questions of meaning, questions that all of us ask at some point in our lives, such as why are we here? What is right and wrong? Is there good and evil? Is truth relative or absolute? Is there life after death? And to help us in our journey this evening, we're very honoured to welcome back to our show Elder Kathy Sanchez from Tewa Women United. Elder Kathy, welcome back. Thank you for having me again. Oh, absolutely. It's an absolute <laughs> pleasure. I was listening to our last show, our last conversation uh, when you were here. And I, one of the things that really struck me, and I wanted to start with this as a question, was how often you spoke of Mother Earth uh, as opposed to just saying Earth. And so, if I may, why is it important for you to see Earth as a mother personally? Okay. Coming from a Tewa indigenous women's perspective, um, all life is on Mother Earth. And so she is our mother in that we are part, part of the humankind family and we are part of, we're the two-legged relatives to all of life on this Earth. And so if life began to be materialized on planet Earth or earth itself but it's not a the earth you know it's alive it gives us all that is part of us to have life so she has that ability so i'd love to go further with this when you say she is alive is it the same kind of life as our life we had a show many many weeks ago trying to discuss when does life begin and one of the questions which we struggled with was even answering what is life so when you say Mother Earth is alive, are we part of that life or is that a separate life to ours? It's all the same because um, all life on Earth um, is a form of energy. And all the energy comes from the multiverse. And so because of the gravitational pull, all energy is compacted into a matter. And so matter density has the ability with all the elements that have composed it to create parts of what we use for our life form. And as humans, we acknowledge when the energy of the cosmos, the light and the love comes into us and we're developing the physicalness of elements which is put together in mother. And so the energy of that breath, that spark, creates the spark that moves breath. And so breath is part, is already here. So it's, everything is like recycled. Everything is part of the beingness. You mentioned a word I don't think anybody has used on this show before, which was multiverse. What does that mean for you? Multiverse means that... Um, Cosmically, we have many different levels of energy that surround our mother, and all that creates the ability to have elements in there. And those elements come forward into, towards the center, which would then be our 
mother, and we call her mother because once those elements have interaction with land, air, water, fire, they form materials that we can create life from. So when we die, when we're when our spirit, who that energy that came into us leaves this body that we're just using temporarily, it goes back into all those compositions and it decomposes again, and then it recycles again. What is it? It's fascinating to me. What does it mean for you that we're recycled? And I, I don't mean that in a in, a, in any sense a demeaning way. I think it's a really important, powerful philosophy to have. If all life is recycled, what does that mean about being, I guess? Or what does that mean about self? Well, I think scientifically that there has been a study that shows when a person is um, ready to, um, to die, I guess, the energy is measured when it leaves and what remains are the elements of the body. And so there is proof that that... That that breath of life that we have, that energy which was, which is still containing the recyclability of energy that comes back again, and so thoughts are created in that sense because when you leave, um, you know you're living your life here on Earth so that people can remember you in a good way or a bad right. way. So if they remember you in a good way, they're asking your presence of energy to say that. Um, please, Grandma, help me, I'm at lost right now, and so that the energy is recycled back into the pathway. And so that energy of thought, energy uh, is critical, and that's for the positiveness of life givers. And that energy goes into many different forms. It could go into the tree. It could go into water. It could go into... It's just all part of life. It's interesting that you, that you used a scientific study to to back up this idea of, of energy recycling, which I, it totally makes sense to me. If we if we follow through on a scientific perspective, and I specifically should say a Western scientific mm-hmm. perspective, then um, one of the laws of thermodynamics is that is the law of entropy. It's the idea that the total energy in a system eventually disappears to zero. So um, if we well, I guess first the question is, is that is that your belief um, or does energy continue in a different way? Because what you're talking about to me, I, I hear a metaphysics um, of a, a almost structure of the universe, which is different to a scientific perspective. So, you know, if, if Western science says eventually all energy goes to nothing, um, what does that mean for you? philosophically, metaphysically, as we're talking about life in terms of energy being recycled, sustaining life itself? Well, I think um, energy is within everything that have existence here. And so science to this stage, and because we live right below Los Alamos National Laboratory, there's all many different forms of invasion that they do finding things of internally. Mm-hmm. And so when you have the energy that was sustaining the element and then you want to get inside the heart of that element, you blast the molecular cellular structure and it releases that energy. Right. And that release of energy is harnessed in a negative way because it's 
release, and then it becomes radical. It becomes um, unstable, right. and that's radioactivity that's there. And so there is proof that they are extracting life that was meant to be a stable, recyclable, transferable source for existence here on Mother Earth. And as Native people, we've been taught that everything has a wholeness. The natural laws that govern it is already there. And we can mentally and uh, spiritually take a journey back to the beginning of time. You can actually do that in being able to understand where Mother Earth came from, what started your life, and what's continuing, and what will go into the future, because it's all possible. But the the future is an interesting one to stick with the second law of thermodynamics. That the scientific future is of a uh, a whimper of everything just basically becoming nothingness. Um, is that is that where you see the future? No, it is, there's future that can be envisioned. That's why thoughts are powerful, because the multiversalness allows those recyclability back again into the thought. The thought fuels your, as it enters into your mind, it gives you the energy you need to have a plan. And then that plan then has activity. So everybody and everything of this earth has an inner vision, the inner energy vision of that spiritual rootedness. And so that is what is helping to, I guess, ignite your body to have the ability to carry out your goals or your wishes or your thoughts or your plans. And so it's continually coming around and through. So it's an interesting cycle that isn't necessarily broken in the future in any way. No. And so that's the – so we we as humans – have not scientifically reached reached the level of understanding multiversalness of the different areas. So now, because the spark is there to say, oh, we can go into space, we can now shoot and have a nuclear detonation way out there and see what happens. And so we're getting the repercussions now of of, uh, people trying to manipulate weather. So when you look at geoengineering, Mm -hmm. they're seeing that, oh, we're planet is burning up we've done consumed we've over extended our ability to just have life and so now they're saying oh we'll cool it down by having this cloud coverage we'll have this thing and so it's like the illusions that they give you so scientists is always experimenting like you're saying they know of not the past i mean or the future and so they're digging a little bit more and as you unravel some of the things of especially indigenous teachings then they're saying oh this is possible oh yeah now i can see where that and then they go further on so there is uh not um so we're a closed system but what we're doing is destroying that closed system so it's interesting for me because the way i heard you say it was that science can come to the indigenous understanding there's hope for that yes um, which is a, a very interesting way of of aspiring that science will unite with metaphysics, essentially. Um, I'm not convinced that's the role of science necessarily. Well, I think for as a young person, I 
born in the era of Las Almas, I questioned all things. And then so one of the things was the dilemma that do you give up your indigenous worldview systems and embrace just as your American concept, because that's where your life is going to be presented at? Or how do you honor both and how do you use both? So I created a model called Two World Harmony of handling contradictions. So you're not out to deny that you're not a white person, so don't go into that world. Or right, you're right, right. indigenous, but indigenous isn't going to get you into career status or money or whatever concepts are there. And so you X that out. So two world harmony is that you're like a butterfly. You, you're, you have the cyclical energy of being in and around and out and above. So we as humans have the ability to um, leave our bodies at times because we're energy, spirit people energy people. And so then we can visit other multi-level systems, be informed, and then come back. And so that ability to have memory is very important because if you're living in a... And then we're so encouched in the United States in a culture of violence that they deny a culture of peace. They deny that there is other things possible, like loving, that loving energy is what sustains us. So they don't want you to talk about it. It's not implemented. But they'll use your energy of that loving, caring person, but cocoon you and test it. What I, what's that word? What are they? Like experiment. N- they numb you out and oh, giving up your energy so they manipulate it. So you allow that negative cultural violence to continue. Right. Because you're being comforted. You're okay. We're providing for you. You don't, No worries. It's their own fault that other things are happening around. So you're grooming both sides. You have to groom the oppressor. You have to groom those oppressed in order for a culture of violence to have its presence. If you don't give it that energy and you keep your loving, caring, sharing self in that system, then that other will jump to find other places that it can be have an existence which it won't have if you if all peoples were were just no this is crazy right we have to take a break we're going to come back to this extraordinary conversation um particularly i, I you know we've been focusing we started to focus on violence and and uh, and i'd like to come back to that if if we may After our break, you're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom. And my guest this evening, Elder Kathy Sanchez from Tewa Women United. And we'll be back in a few moments. You're back listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. My guest this evening, Elder Kathy Sanchez um, from Tewa Women United. And when, before our break, you started talking about the culture of violence. Um, and uh, and it made me think about when we were talking about Mother Earth at the very beginning of our show. Isn't violence endemic to human being? By which I mean, uh, especially in relation to Mother Earth, we have, you know, in order to survive, human beings have killed animals, have chopped down trees, have mined for minerals. We couldn't have our society without taking in some violent form even if it's not an animal if we're plucking up a plant it's still in some sense an act of violence an act of of denying its being is there a you know isn't isn't our entire society based on violence towards the other for our own good 
or is it not violence? Am I am I misinterpreting what violence means? Well, I think and being born and raised within the United States, the culture of violence has co-opted the culture of peace. And so the understanding of what is having peace, um, what does that mean, having love, having that love permeate everything. So one of the uh, the presence of being indigenous is that you have your core values. Of, well, what is a core value? To be loving, caring, sharing, mm-hmm. to have reciprocity. And so reciprocity means that you're acknowledging that you are a relative to all things visible on this planet. So before you consume, you're, you're having that talk with the element, like plants. You say, um, you know, like the the herb herbal plant. I'm asking for your permission that I want to consume some of your energy in a loving, caring way to help promote life. And then um, you don't take any more than that which you, as a person, can utilize. And so that reciprocity means that you're having that offering before you take, and you only take that which is going to give back that life for that plant. So you don't take the plant from the whole roots and yank it off and then just dispose. Right. Okay. You you leave the roots there because you know there's seeds or they're going to regenerate. So you're having a caring, sharing relationship with all, even animals. You're, there's hunters. You you, right. you you hunt for animals. But again, the same thing. That's a living life form that has the energy to give life. And so you're you ask permission um, and forgiveness that you're going to take that life form, but then you also are sharing that life form to give sustenance to others. And then you replace and you never hunt a doe that's, you know, in season for, so it's always, you know, a certain seasonal and certain animals and not all and not, you know, just enough for to feed a family or surroundings. You don't say, well, I'll get the gun and shoot 5,000 and then, then I can have a business <laughs> and make money. Out. So it doesn't go into that the greed or the the killing without that it, everything is with a consciousness but then so i guess my first question from there is is the herd the same as the root so for example if you're taking you're saying take leaves but not the whole plant is the the herd is a larger collective of which the specific animal is one particular leaf. Is that how – is that the, an appropriate comparison? Well, if you believe that the element of life is in everything, we have societies and systems where the clans emulate the qualities of that. So they're buffalo clans. So the buffalo can communicate and talk with humans telepathically. And you can, they can protect you. They can, they know your emotions, and you, they have emotions. And so you're having a relational activity with all connectiveness. You're not a human above everything else. So you're, you as a human, don't just have the permission and the right to be uh, taking or ignoring or not promoting life. So that's what life giving means. It's re, recyclable. It is. Um, uh, reciprocity and so the hydroponic cycle is that same way our breath goes back into the clouds and the clouds form and condense and it comes back around so um, so that brings me back to my artistic end of me which is the making 
pottery. I work with clay. So before we take the elements of the volcanic ash and the clay, we we have an offering that we're going to take something and give something in return. Ah. So that creation, which I've created here, sometimes the clay will tell you what it wants to become. Sometimes you you have an idea and it, it, it'll formulate it. But like this expression on this clay figure came without my attempt to really, oh, it's a woman. Oh, it's a corn woman. And it's a corn maiden because we are what we eat. So right, if right. if you have traditional heirloom seeds, they're gonna they have memory. They have memory of the elements of the ground that came and the seasons. And so, if we start consuming GMO corn, that doesn't have memory for us. That is not life form that is nourishing us. So then, if we want to be conscious of the plants having that life for us, we have care, we take care of things, we share things. And so the, and having like a human um, personification in this model just gives you that relational activity in knowing that you have reciprocity. So uh, for the benefit of those listening, this rather extraordinary uh, clay figurine which um, Elder Cathy has made uh, in front of me is rather beautiful uh, in which the body is the the corn itself, but the head is the head of a person. Um, it's a very powerful you are what you eat, uh, you know, mm-hmm. message, isn't it? It's, it's uh, really quite a, a lovely piece. I, I have to ask. When you're asking, and I, I, every time we talk, I feel so Western and so limited in my perspective. And, and talking to you always opens this up. There are two things. One, you mentioned about telepathically communicating with, with animals. And that, that's a whole thing I'd love us to get to if we can, um, which surprised me, really. But the other thing is about asking permission. Sometimes when I ask permission for something, the other person says no. Um, you know, can I, can I please do that? And they say, actually, no, I'd rather you didn't. When you're talking about, you know, before eating something, uh, before taking anything, before using the energy in a different way, you ask permission. Is there ever a no? Yes. Sometimes there is a no because it's not the season to do it. And you, you, uh, you might get sick. So, so you, you don't ask the question until you know the answer is a yes. Yeah, because then you've been having a nurturing, caring, relational activity seasonally. So there's the seasons are now off because of the geoengineering that's happening. The plants are not producing at the time when they should. Right. Are their life expand is shortened? And so we're seeing these changes. And what do we need to do to have sustainability for the plants as well as for us? So it, it's uh, reciprocal in that they can't just up and move, but we can be able to to know that, well, they needed this certain seasonal rain. So that means that we're going to care for the seeds and plant them only when they can really right. produce life. So you're understanding all the um, the seasonal messaging and telepathically meaning that that thought, Remember, I said you recycle thoughts. So thoughts from all these places come back in together, and they'll come forward if you call them. If you don't call them, then they're they're dispersed into all different places. Right. See, I, I, I'm really 
I'm really moved by this just from a perspective of uh, a different way of considering climate change mm. um, as a way of making questions, traditional questions impossible to ask anymore, mm. as a way of saying this is a, a, a way the, the, that some Tewa people have expressed their being in a relationship with nature, which is different to me going to the supermarket and saying, oh, is this in season now? Great, I'll have some of that. It it's almost sounds like an undoing of being, an undoing of questions and relationship. Would that be a fair reading? I don't mm. know if I'm superimposing on. No, I think the term relational activity means that you have that direct reciprocity of give and uh, receiving, but then also being receptive to the messaging. And it comes in that multiversal level of different ways. And some people are gifted to interpret right. that existence at, with a certain energy field. And some people see it in color. Some people see it. in. So there's many different levels that we are not all privy to. And so there's certain giftedness that comes with asking for that ability. So it's like when when you're studying Edgar Casey and the other, you know, they asked, you know, that I want to help heal people. Right. And so then they were gifted with the ability to really do that healing. So it's only in the asking that the other multiversal levels will come into your vision or into your psyche or wherever, whatever. So it it's in the asking the mind, heart, and spirit of how to have that unity of that positive intent. If you have the negative intent, you're right. asking for that void to be, that positive energy field to be closed, and then you're allowing the negative culture of that violence consumption to mm. take that energy. And I think that's what's making people in the United States a little crazy now because they've been so cocooned in that they're not realizing how they've been groomed in a 50-year plan or in a 100-year plan, what is going to be the continuation for, for that um, hierarchical model that came here. Mm. And so I have hundreds of questions and only two minutes. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, guess, um, I guess the question for now, and hopefully we can address more questions another time, the question for now is what's the way forward out of that model, um, that, that model of violence? I think it's it's really asking for mind, heart, and spirit to bring your ancestral wisdom into your presence. And I do it by in my dream space. I like to dream so that your body is quieted and your energy of who you are, that soulfulness of you, travels right. and is, is greeted or is informed by many different dimensions, that my multiversity of presence. And so, and it's a, in the um, culture of peace, it's simultaneously possible to just switch. If you give that presence of yourself in that good way, that simultaneity just lifts that negative away from you, and then you then that positive has space to come in. If you don't follow through with your request of asking for that goodness and our ability to help you, then the neg another different negative form will just have that space to come into. So right. you do have to continue. Once you've done the asking, you just feel lifted. You just feel like, 
oh my gosh, this is, why didn't I just do that? It was just that instant of that switching. So it is um, the ability to have that energy be coming, flowing through in that pathway. And, and as indigenous people, we are having a hard time keeping to our teachings, keeping to our, because the time frame, we, everything used to be lunar time. Now mm-hmm. it's solar time. Right. And so time is like one of the tools that cultural violence uses to take away your ability to be present. Kathy, it's always just extraordinary talking to you. It really genuinely is. I, I really want to thank you for coming to our show, and I, I hope you'll be able to come back again soon. Oh, yeah, love to. Thank you. You've been listening to Soul Searching with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom from the Interfaith Leadership Alliance of Santa Fe. And my guest for this evening has been the wonderful elder Kathy Sanchez from Tewa Women United. Thank you, Kathy, for being with us. Thank you. Until we return again in two weeks' time, keep searching. <laughs>